everybody, and welcome back to Corsa and Crown. I am Duchess Katie, and with me is my co-host, as always, Lady Sadie. Hello, everyone. So today we are talking about Waiting for a Scot Like You by Eva Lee. And this one, ooh, baby, I can't wait to talk about it. So Sadie, why don't you give us the synopsis? All right, so this synopsis is from Goodreads. And it starts with, for a merry widow and a stoic major, it's a bumpy road to love. Adjusting to life in peacetime isn't easy for Major Duncan McCameron. Escorting a lady on her journey north seems to be the perfect chance to give them some much needed purpose. That is, until he learns the woman in question is the beautiful, bold, and reckless Lady Ferris. She makes his head spin and being alone together will surely end in disaster. Beatrice, the dowager Countess of Ferris, is finally free of a stifling marriage, and she has no plans to shackle herself to any other man. Ready to live life to the fullest, she's headed for a week-long bacchanal, and the journey should be half the fun. Except she's confined to a carriage with a young, rule-abiding, irritatingly handsome Scottish soldier who wouldn't know a good time if it landed in his lap. <laughs> but maybe a madcap escapade will loosen him up. Between carriage crashes, secret barn dances, robbers, and an inn with only one bed, their initial tension dissolves into a passion that neither expected. But is there a future for an adventure-loving lady and a duty-bound soldier, or will their differences tear them apart? I mean, so this came out earlier this year, February 23rd. So it's uh, kind of a new release, but not totally a new release. But <clears throat> why don't you tell us our tropes? So the biggest one reverse age gap or older female heroine or uh, main character younger male uh or may december romance you know whatever whatever your preference is to call it she's older he's younger she's a happy merry widow um we've got some low-key bdsm it's a road trip forced proximity only one bed opposites attract and like the rest of the series 80s movies references throughout. Yes, 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 yes. You literally just ticked every box of mine. <laughs> um, and while this is traditionally published, it is pretty steamy. It's like a solid baseline of a three, but it spikes up to four a couple of times. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. There's sexy bathing sense. involved. Yes, there is sexy bathing involved, among other things. Um, all right. Would you like to start with your thoughts? yes okay I know that the trope of an older female younger male isn't for everybody nor is um an age gap in general we had um we had talked about another age gap with an older man and a younger woman um because we're doing age gap August here so let's do both anyway this isn't for everybody because it it may just not be your thing however I strongly encourage folks to be open-minded to this kind of thing because I've mentioned it before. I am 10 years older than my husband. Um, and of course, when we started dating, when people who knew both of us um, found out about our age gap, people had opinions. Most of them I did not care to hear um, because they're not in a relationship. So whatever. <clears throat> but this is something that is talked about so much in the book um, because you don't, your life isn't over 
when if if something happens or if you're you find yourself older and you haven't found your happily ever after whatever that means for you and it and you encounter somebody younger than you like you're not you're not used goods you're not damaged goods it's not over because you're older so um I was so excited to read this book and to find out that their age gap is 12 years she's 46 and he's 34 so anyways all that to say I loved this book because I love 80s movies um he is so thoughtful oh my gosh he he's so thoughtful I mean he's grumpy as hell at first because he does not know what to make of this enigma of a woman who is finally like free of the shackles of a crappy marriage and she's just like let me live my life this is very widow in bloom this is very widow oh yeah yeah and I can relate to that so much um you know I'm not a widow or anything like that but you know it felt like a rebirth when I moved out here five years ago and right before I met the guy who would become my husband you know I just it's you you don't want to give up on on love or whatever your happily ever after means but it's really hard not to as you climb the ladder in age um and she was not about to sit back and just take it you know she was like no I'm not I this is my chance I don't care how old I am she wasn't she wasn't trying to risk anything that she could you know that was worth losing um things like that so the fact that this duty bound honor bound major gets you know roped into escorting her to an orgy in the country <laughs> you know of course this this man who just wants peace and a wife and happily ever after and a woman to love and everything is going to be the one that has to get her there safely <laughs> and I'm sorry Lady Ferris and his name is Duncan McCameron I mean it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off <laughs> so it's just I, I don't this think I put just, that part together I hadn't put together Duncan I knew she was Ferris I knew she was Ferris but yeah I knew, Duncan, I knew that part but I forgot about Duncan McCameron Duncan and McCameron then, and Cameron's name in Ferris Bueller's Day Off is Cameron Fry which is the names yep. yeah anyways got it got I mean, it okay this is just like Eva dropped so many little little easter the eggs the best one here. is the footloose the, the dancing footloose. There's a footloose, there's a whole footloose theme and it's honestly just, it's, it's, a, it just killed me. I was laughing so hard. Um, it, it was not great. to say that this is always a light story. No, it does make you laugh out loud, but I, my heart hurt for him more than once because mm-hmm. quite honestly, he's almost, it's definitely not officially a demisexual representation. I will not say that, but no. he is very much someone who has to feel attachment to someone before wanting to be intimate and that's so rarely represented in historic male roles and I really loved that part of him um because like you said he's so thoughtful he's so kind but he also so desperately desperately needs connection and he's hasn't had it in a very long time and he kind of breaks my heart not to mention that Ferris um Ferret's her marriage was crap he sounds like yeah awful husband mm-hmm. and she so deserves any happiness and so watching them sort of negotiate who 
whose happiness can be fulfilled at and how is so beautiful. I also really like they're both older. Yeah. Like he's the younger one at 34, 34, mm-hmm. 35. Like mm-hmm. I loved that because like you said, like your life doesn't end if you don't get your happily ever after at 25, but it's so rare to see, especially in historic romance, unless it's Jennifer Ashley, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so much more rare to see. Um, and so I highly, I loved that part. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I think part of what I really love too is that they both it it wasn't uh Beatrice's um position to compromise in yeah. this. And I think that Duncan knew that, but he still wanted to try. And because he thought that 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 what like a happily ever after meant was marriage and and a betrothal, you know, being bound together in that way, even knowing what she had gone through in her marriage. And that she truly didn't want it, that no matter how much he showed her that he cares for her and loves her and worships her, that that was non-negotiable for her. Um, and I feel, I feel like, cause you know, we were talking about how he's so, um, he, he needs a companion, a constant like presence in his life. In his mind, he, I mean, he even said it like, nobody in my family has ever had a relationship that doesn't have marriage. And that familial pressure is so real. It's so like, real. To and adhere you- to social <clears throat> norms is very, like that pressure is real, no matter mm-hmm. who you are. Right. And That's still that, the thing today. Yeah. Like that thread in this story is so great. Um, so I really, I loved that part too. Well, and cause I feel like, you know, they're both they're both being honest with each other and communicating about what it, what the end of their, their time together meant to them and what they want. And he finally tells her all of those things like about his past, about his family and what he believes following the rules and, you know, following the timeline of, of life and what you're supposed supposed to do, quote unquote, um, you know, at least she understood where he was coming from. And, but she had been honest with him about her desires and what she wanted out of life from the, from the jump. So none of this was a surprise. He was just holding on to the hope that she would change her mind. And that Which, communication is so important. Mm-hmm. Like, because it, it could be so frustrating to, to get to that point in the book, what the last like 20 pages or something crazy. Um, and you just be like, you know better than this dummy. Yeah, he does. he does. He does know better. He does know better. He does know better. Come on, Duncan. come on, come on, Cameron. Oh, mm-hmm. You're always my favorite character, anyways. <laughs> I mean, really, really though. <laughs> um, this also one of our spoilers has to be that this has one of our favorite things to highlight here at Corson and Crowns, which is childless HEA. Childless HEA, baby. <laughs> I I will say it again. I have <clears throat> no issue having happily ever afters with babies. I really, really don't. 
Like oh. that is people's happily ever after. Love to see it. I also love to see it when it doesn't happen because it doesn't feel right for the characters. Yep. And it would have really ruined this book for me if that had changed. And Lady Fair sticking to her guns, you know? Yes. I she had she had the stuff to lose there. <clears throat> yep. And I, I read the the second book also leading up to this one because I was I like I haven't read any of the others. Oh my god. <laughs> That I'm one, chaotic like that. That one was amazing. Um, what I lied to the Duke was very, very good. Um, <clears throat> and Duncan is in it, and he he drops some knowledge, which I'm like, bro, take your own advice from the Duke that you gave to him when he was going through his crap. Um, and he's he's very lovely and he's very intuitive in that book. So it was also kind of a nice way to, because the Duke was more present in the first book, My Fake Rake, um, and Duncan was in it. But in this one, Duncan is kind of like his, his hype man because they're <clears throat> the union of the rakes, five best friends who got detention when they were Big in romance, when they were in, when they were at Eaton. And it's, it's the breakfast club. Like the, the prologues are like the breakfast club and each of these guys fits one of the stereotypes of the breakfast club. Like, I mean, this is, that was like my favorite. So he's definitely Emilio up. Estevez, right? Duncan? He's definitely, he, yeah, oh, he's yeah. the jock. Yeah, he's the jock. Okay. Uh, Sebastian is um, the the nerd. Uh, I, I, I kept saying Michael C. Hall and it's Michael Anthony Hall. It's um, Michael Anthony Hall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, Michael C. Hall is Dexter. And then the Duke is would be Molly Ringwald's character. So, and then the two, the two other friends, the, um, Ali Sheedy, Ali Sheedy. And then, um, Judd, oh Judd Nelson. I was like, Judd, Judd Nelson. <laughs> Those two are the other Definitely friends. had that poster. Um, and yeah. they actually end up uh, showing up together in this one in the end but I won't give that spoiler away but that is a lovely moment that was oh I loved it so made my heart happy yes I think it's pretty clear though Sadie we like this book yes but we're so chill about things Kate. we really <laughs> should be more explicit if we like something I fucking loved it <laughs> I did I really did and I'm sorry he's Scottish and she kept talking about his red hair y'all I married a ginger okay so I mean he is, all a, I he is a Scottish redhead all I could picture, and my husband is like, we did, he did the DNA ancestry shit, and he's like, I don't know, 40, 50 something percent Scottish. Oh, one thing we haven't mentioned that I feel like really needs to come up. He may be the younger man, but he is the dominant in the bedroom, mm -hmm. which is an amazing dynamic because he borders on Stern Brunch Daddy. Like, he yeah. really borders there. He's pretty uptight outside the bedroom. I feel like if he could rock a suit, he would. Yes. Like he's very staid. Uh-huh. He's he, kind of feral well, in his caretaking. He is he is feral in his caretaking. And he I mean, he is the dominant one in the bedroom. And um Lady Ferris is incredibly willing to play the submissive yeah. in that in that scenario. And I'm telling you, read the book before it because Well now I have to. It he is the submissive and want yeah so anyways 
is phenomenal. Nicola Davidson would be so happy to hear about that. We, I just, also, I love this because, and on the cover of the book, you guys, you can see the gray. This is so important. She so has gray important. hair on the cover. Gray, gray hair. hair. Like it's not, you know, she's still got her, her brunette hair, but she's got gray streaks because they talk about it in, in the, the book, in the book, in her, in Lady Ferris's book, in Waiting for a Scott Like You and What I Lied to the Duke. Like that's where we meet. I think we meet her actually in My Fake Great, but she's present in, um, in What I Lied to the Duke and we talk about it. It's like, you look at her and you can tell she's young. She's not old per se, um, but she's got gray streaks in her hair. Hi. <laughs> I have we a lot both of gray do. Yes. We so, love a gray-haired heroine around here. We are we the do. gray-haired heroine. We are the gray-haired heroines. And again, I love this, you know, reverse age gap. The age gap where the, the female is older than the male. Because <clears throat> I don't feel like I see it a ton. Especially in historical. And um, when I finally, like, was really when I really immersed myself in reading romance, um, and especially after I got married, um, I was like, God, I want to read more like about what I, like what my life is like. Cause it's, I'm also, again, cis het white woman. So I get, I get covered pretty well, you know, in terms of representation and seeing what I want to see. But like, I, I was like, can we get more older ladies and younger men together? Because so when I was researching for that trope for you, when I did <laughs> Cougars on the Prowl way back in like April, which was one of my very first trope posts, um, it took me forever to find good ones. And it was really frustrating, especially as you say, like as a cis head white woman uh, that I also am, um, mm-hmm. well, sort of, <laughs> head passing. Um, <laughs> head passing. Um, there are very few that don't feel inappropriate like I saw a lot of like teachers with students as a high school teacher I can't no in any good conscience post about that um and it was really hard to find a ton of representation within it and so if you have representative um versions of this trope please send them our way please we send would them love our way to promote them we would love to read them um because it is it's a very an underrepresented trope I yeah and I definitely want to read more and talk about it more um because at this point in my life too I'm 35 now and my husband's 24 um so we spend half the year 11 years apart so um but he's such an he's the grump I'm the sunshine he's rigid and all this other so I like I love reading stories like that and we balance each other out and that's what you want in these kind of books. And they do, because Lady Ferris is just like, woo! And Duncan McCameron is like, rein it in, lady. Be safe. Be smart. Yeah. It's just Wait, great. are you both gingers? I just want to clarify this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. So if we, do, if we do ever procreate, watch out, world. Scary ginger baby. Ginger babies. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Who would typically like this book? I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fail. It's a middle of the road historic romance taste wise I wouldn't say that it's like Kerrigan Byrne or like a Bridgerton book like it's solidly in the middle of that scale yes and nobody does anything like there's no grand gesture that's well okay 
nobody fucks up basically like nobody does something that makes the other person need to forgive them which yeah. sometimes I want that sometimes I like my angst but sometimes I'm just like Can't yeah you two dummies just figure it out you know yeah so um I read it as a standalone so I'm gonna say you can read it as a standalone Katie did not do that I read the whole series <laughs> <laughs> so I would say um at your discretion for that one yeah. um we definitely obviously recommend this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are you reading otherwise, Duchess Katie? Um, I am, re- I'm actually reading um, the Gina Conkle book that you had mentioned. Um, I guess I can't get enough Scots. So no one can. We're pretty great. I didn't read a lot of them before. So after, after this talking is why you about got me around McCameron, it's, this is true. Yeah. So I'm reading Gina Conkle. I, I always have a Scott to recommend for every trope. It's like a side changeling and a Scott. What can I say? Weird. Weird. It's a weird combination. <laughs> what there. are you reading? I had to smash the glass and read some of my backlist Sarah McLean reads that mm. I've been saving forever because Bombshell comes out at the end of the month and the characters are introduced in Scandal and Scoundrels. And I had never read that series, so I had to break the glass and read them. That's where I'm at. Excellent. Well, I I got very lucky <clears throat> with a with a bombshell arc. So I think I can't wait. Get, get ready, world. This is some Hell's good. Bell. This is Here some we go. good McLean. I can't wait. We're gonna have to talk about it. Just we so might. You know. Maybe we'll talk about that in December. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that in September. Sarah McLean September. Who we knows? We have all sorts of fun things coming up this fall, though. We do. We have really fun things, and we can't wait to share them with you all. Um, but as always, you can find me on Instagram at Literary Illusions. You can find me on TikTok sometimes. I even put <laughs> things on there. Um, also at Literary Illusions. Where can we find you, Katie? I am Books to Katie on Instagram, and I am absolutely not cool enough for tiktok so instagram is where you will find me <laughs> give corset and crown a follow so you don't miss anything there and give our parent po- podcast buzzing about romance a glance as well they're always a good time they send the tick stick more to contemporary but every once in a while we show up there and shake things up when we rave, oh, yeah. and rave about other things and we're <laughs> a good time they're yes. a good time it's a good time all right well we will see you soon bye everybody bye, bye.